0: Welcome to the Birthing Instincts podcast. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbine, community-based practicing obstetrician and longtime advocate for birth choices,
1: and I'm Bliss Young, a licensed midwife. Join us in our conversational-style podcast where we talk about everything birth.
0: Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but we're happy that you're here. So here we go. This, this is, is a Soulfire Soul Fire production. production. So we're both on the road, although you're really not on the road. No. But you are in Hope. Yes. So yes. shall I bring you up to date on my adventures?
1: Uh, yes, please.
0: Okay. i had glad no ber- on the road. I had no birth this week, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> Being that I was in Arizona and New Mexico, and now I'm in Texas. And uh, the weather in Texas uh, sucks pretty badly. It's pretty, it's, it what? It sucks pretty badly. It's humid. Yeah. And it was hot in New Mexico It was hot in Arizona, but it's, it's a, just a sort of a, a more oppressive heat here in Texas. But I've had some really good friends in Texas. I, here's my new friend. I just want you to know that this is the, my friend that, um, that I see uh, people who are watching it. This is my spider friend. He's been in the bathroom now for three days with me, <laughs> hangs out, hangs out with me. And it's probably about three inches long, <laughs> three inches big. It's a big, it's a big spider. Um, but, uh, so I've been traveling. Yeah. I was in Flagstaff and then I went to Taos, New Mexico, uh, stopped in Santa Fe on the way down, went to, went to Roswell, New Mexico. Ooh.
1: What now, think, now tell people why you're doing that.
0: Oh, cause everybody knows that Roswell is famous for, uh, the 1947 crash of a alien spacecraft, which of course is never been proven or been denied but they've made a whole industry out of it and it's probably saved the town from obscurity uh because <laughs> there's not much else there besides the uh ufo museum and then i went to white sands uh, national monument which i thought was a spectacularly beautiful stark place uh to hike um it was very hot um it wasn't that hot temperature wise but just on the sand there's no vegetation no nothing i actually got lost Trying to follow the, the white the post that they have up and I fortunately had my gps which they say sometimes don't use your gps there because you're right near white sands air force base which they often scramble the gps but otherwise I'd still be wandering around <laughs> in the sand and then I drove all the way from there to uh Austin Texas and I'm staying just west of Austin in Spicewood at our good friends uh Kimberly and James Vanderbeek's house uh, or compound, I should say. It's a spectacular uh, compound. It was a, it's an old Buddhist retreat. And they've got multiple, multiple cabins. And uh, there's just a couple caretakers here right now, Matthew and Dean and then Jen. And the dogs are here and the Vanderbeeks are out on their, um, their giant RV on an RV trip with their kids. And Kimberly's due in about two months. And I did get to have beers yesterday with Kimberly's midwife, Julia Bauer. So that was fun. And that was after I had lunch with uh, Lindsay Matthews from BirthFit and my assistant, Emily, and her baby, Siobhan, were all there. So we've had a good day. And and today I'm very excited because this this afternoon I'm going to go have a barbecue with my friend and other Breach client who had a Breach baby with us in um, L.A., Jen Sherry Perry. And uh, she's the producer of Del Bigtree's uh, High Wire show. And Del Bigtree and his wife are going to be there this afternoon, too. So I'm very excited to meet him. Uh, And then from here, I'm going to head back toward uh, New Mexico probably tomorrow. Uh, I got a rock in my windshield, so I got to get a new windshield.
1: Oh, no.
0: I called today. They don't have it in stock, so I'll have to see what they have in New Mexico. And it's drivable, but it's, you know, it's gradually... Getting bigger. Um, everybody's probably had that problem at least once in their life, I'm assuming. Yeah. And uh so, but the thing is, Bliss, is that even though I'm on vacation, uh, I spend an hour, two hours a day responding to inquiries because there's so much going on in the world, and we're gonna get to that later in our podcast today. Um, almost all of it is sort of uncomfortable, negative uh, disturbing, uh, stressful. It's very hard. I I am very calm right now back to nature, but it really has been great being back to nature. You know, when I hike in LA, sometimes I'll put my headphones in and I'll listen to music, something while I'm hiking. But when I've been hiking here, um, I completely just want to listen to the sounds or the lack of sounds of nature. So, Mm Uh, but everybody's been, you know, no matter what conversation you have, you could run into people on the trail. I ran into people in white, uh, white sands. They, you know, when they find out you're from California, they immediately want to ask you questions about what's going on in California what's so crazy there and blah, blah, blah. And then you you can't, you can't help but get into the, the whole mandate vaccine quagmire that everybody falls into right away and, and how divisive it can be and that sort of thing. And it's really, um. Uh, hard to detach, at least hard for somebody like me to detach. If I, I suppose if I didn't have my email or my computer or anything with me or my phone, then it would that's the only way to really detach is to really not take any electronic devices with you. Um, or at least have basically have a, a, a set time during the day where you don't look at them.
1: Which I think is important. You know, I think that's an important thing for us to do. It's just part of, you know, the process that I'm going through to begin to what I'm calling untether, you know, and, um, originally before, uh, we rebranded the podcast, um, I wasn't going to be doing this either. So this is keeping me a little bit tethered, um, And, you know, obviously being here still in Folsom, Sacramento area, helping my boys get settled, um, I'm feeling pretty tethered, um, but I'm hoping to go to Yosemite next week for a couple of days. Um, and yesterday I went down to an area in Folsom that's right along the river. Um, we're going to get into some of the things that were upsetting me yesterday socially, but, um. I felt I had one of those mornings where I just felt um, pretty discouraged about the state of the world and, um, you know, the impact that we could possibly make. And um, so a friend was like, you just need to go and get in some water. And I was thinking, like, you know, when when I was in L.A., driving up the coast or getting down to the beach was pretty easy. I knew all the right spots. I knew all the right roads, you know, and that was part of the, the thing about leaving Los Angeles is starting to, um, to rewire some of the neural pathways in my brain that create these ingrained memories that can keep me in a place of not feeling like something new can happen in life. And so um trying to find a, a good spot yesterday it was interesting. I drove all the way. Um, I'm in Folsom. So Sacramento is about 30 minutes. And then Davis is about 20 minutes beyond that. And I drove all the way out to Davis to this creek that's supposed to be about 83 miles long. And so I thought, wow, can for sure find something there. But, you know, in reading about safety of women traveling by themselves, one of the things that they tell you is trust your instincts. If something doesn't feel right, It's not right. So I I parked my car and some guy came out of the porta potty and kind of like looked at me. And I started to hike down into this area, getting down to the Creek and there was nobody around. And I started to come back and he and I crossed paths and I thought, this is not it. This is not the place for me to hang out. So I got back in my car and, uh, looked again at another body of water which was only 10 minutes from where my aunt and cousin live in Folsom and so I went down there it was really lovely it's this this uh bridges and body of water there were a lot of people hanging out and doing stand-up paddling and kayaking and their dogs with their little life vests on and I watched the sunset and um and I had I had somebody hit on me which was kind of fun because you know I'm about to be 50, so it's fun to just know that I still got it. So somebody swam all the way across the river to come and talk to me and ask for my number. He was only 37, so I passed. But, um, but it was still nice to uh, to feel like I caught the attention of someone across the river. So that
0: guy, the vibe was good. The guy at the creek, the vibe was not good. <laughs> the,
1: vibe, the vibe was not good, the guy at the creek.
0: Yeah, I saw some. Yes. Of, I saw some of your photos. You posted them, and uh, I haven't been. I'm trying to post as not as little as possible. That's one thing that I can avoid. I mean, when I see something spectacular, and one of the things that's been great about my trip is that I sort of have a destination in mind, but I don't have a time limit in mind. Mm-hmm. So some of the best things that I found are when I've been driving and I see a sign that says some National Wildlife Refuge uh, three miles ahead. So I, I just stopped there. I mean, I, I passed probably 100 historical markers, and I probably have stopped at one or two. Um, I, f- I find them to be sort of sometimes boring, but every now and then you find a gem. And yesterday, um, I was driving up north of this big lake that uh, I'm in Spicewood, so people might know the area. There's a kind of this long lake, and you have to go all the way around. It's like 100 miles to go to the other side of the lake because there's, there's only bridges on either end. And, and I was up in the northern part and I went and I saw this wildlife refuge and I went in there and there was, you know, and then I pull out my all trails app and it, you know, it finds, it knows where you are. And so it puts the best trails up and you can see that there were four or five trails in this um, national wildlife refuge. And I took one of the trails and it was great. And I'm trying to get exercise in every day it's been a little tougher here in texas because i've been doing things and because the weather is is it is oppressive To when it's 97 degrees and the humidity is like 70 80 percent it's it's hard so
1: yeah yeah it's
0: beautiful at night
1: global warming
0: yeah so i have a couple of um um details from previous podcasts i want to uh catch up on remember we were stuck on what bsn meant Mm mm-hmm Ord of something, blah, blah, blah. No, it's Bachelor's of Science in Nursing.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. There we go.
0: Right. And then, um, remember I told a story in one of the podcasts about how they um, took the blood from some poor Black person and made millions of dollars over that? Somebody emailed me and said that the name of that person was, uh, from Listener Alley, she said, the name of that person was Henrietta Lacks, and there's a book called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And it's about her story so um yeah, so they made millions off of gave her nothing but that was yes. that's it so I love the fact that our listeners are paying attention and that obviously you and I can't remember stuff or be right all the time, but we are most of the time, so that's good
1: they fill in the gaps where our uh, our brains can't recall so that's fine
0: it's terrific and then um i did I did want to mention that uh on the sa. Uh, Saturday before I left, I left on Sunday a week ago. So this is going to be, obviously, this podcast. I'll probably be back in LA before this podcast comes out. But but I went to the Godspeak Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California, and Pastor Rick and Pastor Rob, um, they hosted the uh, America's Frontline Doctors. And they gave like a three-hour presentation. It was m- magnificent with some films and video. And, and then um, some of the, fa- the people there, uh, Dr. McDonald, Dr. Barkey, Uh, Simone Gold was there they had a lawyer named Nicole I can't remember her last name and they answered questions and they talked about what's going on with the um, tyranny and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about tyranny today but slightly on a different tangent but, but the tyranny of the uh, lockdowns and the masks and the mandates and people losing their jobs, people being forced to get uh, a vaccine against their will or even against science. Um, for people that have been recovered from COVID or anything like that, to get them vaccinated is dangerous for them. And why is this going on? And I just want to tell our listeners that if you have a job or if you have a school that's mandating that you or your kids get vaccinated in order to continue working there, or whatever, you can go to AmericanFrontlineDoctors.org, it's AFLDS.org, and then click on their legal section. And they have documents there that are not something you need to have signed but something that you can videotape yourself presenting to the principal of the school or to the human resources or the the boss that you work for. And what these documents do is they basically say that if you're going to force me to do something against my will and against science, that if I suffer an injury or anything like that, I'm holding you personally responsible. Mm -hmm. And, And all it's going to take is for some people to stand up because the people that are bullying us are not brave. They're cowardly. And and when they find that they have something personal on the line and that that it could cost them personally, they may start to realize what they're doing and back down a little bit. And some firemen asked a question like, you know, we work for the state. They want us to be vaccinated. We don't want to be vaccinated. What do we do? And Simone Gold said, well, you guys are firemen. You have a union. All right. Get together and go on strike. You go on strike one day. The state government will back down. If all the especially firefighters in California. Yeah, if all the fire that's exactly that's exactly what uh, what Lindsay and El, Emily said. As soon as I said that, they said, especially in California. Yeah, and yeah. If the firefighters would just get together, even firefighters who are pro-vaccine should be pro their colleagues who choose not to be vaccinated and pro-liberty. And they just go, you know, you can't be bullied like that. Um because it's not only is it un-American, but it's unscientific as well. Uh, to tell people that they have to put something in their body that doesn't even make sense you would never tell somebody who had cancer that they have to have chemotherapy right or even if they even if they had the flu or something like that or some other contagious illness that that has been around for for centuries you would never tell them that they have to have something in their body to protect everybody else even if that's unscientific it, mm-hmm. it defies everything that's been done and i'm not going to get into it because there are people like Zach Bush, if you, people know who D- Dr. Zach Bush is. Um, if you go to the Mark Groves podcasts on, on your podcast app and listen to one from April on Zach with uh, guest, Zach Bush, he can explain things much better than I am that everything that we're doing is antimicrobial, And we're actually, by giving this vaccine to people, we're going to harm these people in years to come. And yeah. he explains why, and I can't really explain why because it's outside my field of expertise but people should go to that it's the mark groves podcast and then um speaking of podcasts i just want to mention a couple others unless you wanted to chime in there because i might. A- i did
1: yeah I-, I wanted to um to tell you um speaking of del big tree you'd mentioned him a couple of minutes ago um i i got invited to uh preview the Vaxxed 2 movie which I watched the majority of it last night started to get a little late so I didn't watch the very end but um, they were talking in this documentary it's really it's really great if you haven't seen Vaxxed um, a lot of people have but Vaxxed 2 talks about how they have this tour bus and they go around um, the whole country and Invite people who have been impacted by vaccine injuries to come and tell their story. And they have them sign their names on on the bus. It's this huge uh, Class A RV bus like um, vehicle. And they were talking about measles and um, how the vaccine has actually affected our herd immunity in regards to measles, because you used to get um, exposed to measles when you were young, when your body could handle it. Um, and then moms would pass immunity on to their children when they were pregnant and nursing. But because of the vaccine, um, and you, the vaccine immunity only lasts so long, so when the immunity runs out, you're more at risk of getting exposed to measles when you're older and it's more difficult for you to fight it and the immunity that mothers used to pass to their children, um, is no longer happening. So it, that, you know, just kind of points to what you were just saying. Uh, it's very interesting when you start to really, really dive deep into the vaccines. I'm not anti-vaccine. Um, I think that in, in particular things, it's been very helpful, like in polio. Um, but uh, I am pro-choice.
0: Well, uh, let, me, let, me, let me add to that because we've never given a vaccine in the middle of a, of a slow-called pan-plandemic, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. because what that's doing is it's forcing the, the virus to mutate and it's forcing the virus to go into other directions. But not only that, um, we're not respecting, and the whole, even the whole vaccine program in general, all the vaccines if you listen to Zach Bush, they, they, they don't respect the microbiome and we didn't know a lot about the microbiome 30, 40, 50 years ago, but we do know about it now. And we do know how important it is to be exposed to these things so that your immune system can be challenged every day. And what they should have done at the very beginning of this thing, instead of locking people away, is they should have said, everybody take 10,000 units of vitamin D, everybody go outside, everybody go to sleep at 10 o'clock at night and get eight hours or nine hours of sleep. Um, you know, if, you're, if you don't feel well, you cover up, but otherwise you get your body out there and do these things. and you would have caught this thing and it would have and, and it would not have been this so they react everything that they did. I, I, you know what's interesting? I, I've talked about this at lunch yesterday that when I, my brain gets so far ahead of my thoughts that I forget to finish the sentence that I'm on, I'm already on to another sentence. It's, it's a fascinating thing that I do. And it, my brain knows where I'm going, but my mouth doesn't go fast enough. Um, nonetheless, everything that we did was probably incorrect. And what we're doing now with this spike protein uh, and changing the, the genome and doing this thing to us is, is, is anti-nature. It's gonna screw us up somehow down the road, all right? And, and the stage one thinking of our leadership, All right, the lack of, what, what are the consequences? What is the long-term cost? When people start to ask those questions, they tend to slow down their, their um, reactions. This, you know. And whether you think this was a, 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 a fake pandemic or whether it was a way to get control of the world's populations, whatever, that's fine too. But ultimately, it's not fine, but it's ultimately everything that they did scientifically was wrong. And they destroyed any possible trust we should ever have in these people ever again. Um, any, anybody who continues to believe what the CDC or the, the NIH tells you, or what your politicians, re, you know, or the media chirping the same uh, bullshit, so to speak, that the that the CDC is following, you should have their head examined. You need to stop and think. There, nothing they've told you has been true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, two more things or three more things before we get to something where I know you have real deep passion about and, and you should, and we all should. Um, I want to just uh, shout out to Elliot to Berlin's podcast, Informed Pregnancy Podcast. This past week, he had our friend Milo uh, Chavira on and they talked about um, the ARRIVE trial. He broke it down pretty well. That's the 39-week induction trial. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would add to that, if you listen to that podcast that they didn't touch on was, again, they didn't touch on the downstream consequences of induction. Um, That was never considered by the people doing the ARRIVE trial of of what are we doing when we're artificially stimulating labor rather than letting the mother and baby decide when labor is supposed to happen. Because there is no respect in the medical model. There's no room in the medical model for nature's design. And so if if the number, if you, you know, we talk about induction, we talk about this, but we never talk about what what are the consequences of doing mass numbers of inductions? What's the long, what's the downstream consequence? And so I think it's really important that people think about that. But this was a good podcast. Also, um, our friend Nathan Riley's new podcast, which is called Beloved Holistic Radio. I sort of liked ob Wino better, but... um, he goes off. I didn't a,
1: know he changed the name.
0: Yeah, it's called Beloved Holistic Radio. And he does a really nice podcast just, just talking um, uh, his most recent one, which would be the one that came out, I think, the week of August 10th. And I won't detail it. I just want to recommend that that he also talks about how we've gotten off track um, with each other, with nature. Why are people so mean? He said he posted something on TikTok about... Um, home birthing and somebody asked him a question about well you know are you vaccinated and what does that have to do with home birthing I don't know so then he you know he's already given this long we talked about it on one of our previous podcasts that he gave this really nice essay about why he chose not to be vaccinated and so he yeah so the person responds so I guess you're an anti-vaxxer then and suddenly on TikTok this person Mobilizes a whole bunch of people, and he and Nathan is getting attacked viciously on TikTok for posting something about home birth. Right. So you and I. This is why a lot of
1: people. This is why a lot of people don't speak out is the fear of, uh, you know, having to deal with that um, on social media. Um, So you know, is it really worth your time? In the day to sit there and fight these people that you know are not really in your life. Um, no, never.
0: You should never fight these people because you can't. They're yeah. not there to, to be convinced otherwise. But yeah. you, we have to speak out now. The time to be able to sit back with the Auschwitz theory of life is over. It's going to be painful. Simone Gold gave this talk at at the uh, the, the Godspeed Calvary Chapel event, and she said it's going to be uncomfortable. Some people are going to lose their jobs. A lot of us have already lost fa- friends and family. Um, we have, but but we have to speak out when we're when we have a a real sense that what what's happening here is wrong. And to not speak out is to be a complicit. You know, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And what we're seeing right now in yeah. a lot of aspects of our lives is is actually evil. Um, it's not that these people don't know what they're doing is wrong. They're doing it anyway, all right, because there's enough evidence to suggest that what they're doing isn't the only option or the only right thing. We've seen this in our profession when a, uh, when a doctor tells a, a woman that a breech baby will get its head stuck and die, all right, and, and you know, it's a very narrow thing, but that's tyrannical and that's not appropriate, and, and people like me and other people are, are speaking out on that subject because at least that subject I'm an expert at. But whatever you're an expert at, you need to speak out. And when you have opinions, don't don't be squashed by family members who who who, who disown you. That's on them. All right. I mean, they're not going to like you any better because you, you shut up because you, they still know you didn't get the vaccine and to lie to them and say you got the vaccine or get a fake vaccine card. That's complicit. That's validating this whole system. You cannot do that. I know that a lot of people want to just get a va- fake vaccine card because. It just makes it easier. The problem is, is that it, it doesn't stop the tyranny.
1: Which we knew when, when they passed the law in California mandating that all children be vaccinated according to the schedule, um, we knew. I mean, I talked about that. I was that six, seven years ago, the slippery slope of, of what's happening here, that it would only be a matter of time before they would start mandating um, that adults get vaccines and here we are you know um and they so. won't stop
0: with that they'll they'll come up with some other way to control your life one of the things that was very scary and i heard this in the last podcast i want to recommend was um the high wire by um del Bigtree's podcast and the episode was called sea of uh, a sea of lies and um the, the he had on the last hour was Scary and fascinating at the same time, it was a, um, they had, she had, he had a financial person, a banker or something like that on, and they talked about this vaccine passport. If you don't think this vaccine passport is going to be used as a way to control you, you are crazy. And what they're trying to do also is they're trying to get rid of cash and cash money so that everything will be electronic, so everything can be tracked. And what will happen in some point, and again, this may sound beyond Orwellian right now, but at some point, um, those people who choose not to be vaccinated and their electronic cash card, right? If they wanna travel, say, 20 miles beyond a radius that the government decides, their cash card won't work. So you won't be able to go to Vegas or, or fly. You won't be able to get on an airplane and go anywhere because your, your, your digital money card or your Apple Pay or whatever it is that you have you can no longer pay cash for anything Now that, that may be five years away, 15 years away. But if you don't think that that's coming, if people don't think that it's coming, that they can just hide, well, you know, I'm 65 years old and I'm going to be dead before that and stuff. And then I'm 20 years old and I, that, uh, it's okay for me because this is all I've ever known. You know, that's stop that. Just stop. You have to stop. And you have to, you have to stand up right now, right now, you have to tell people, you've, we're seeing it, we're seeing at school board meetings, we're seeing people, you know, it's being suppressed by the mainstream media, but it, there's enough videos online that you can see where people go and they berate the school board. Um, who are these people that sit on a school board who think that they don't represent the parents? Where did they get their, their little Napoleonic complex from? That we're better than you and we know better than you. And, and you know, 10 people get up and complain and then they vote five to nothing the opposite direction this is what happens constantly these people all need to be kicked out of office we need to you need. it should be a litmus test now it used to be a you know abortion used to be a litmus test or something else now it should be where do you stand on liberty where do you stand on individual choices um okay okay i rambled (laughs) i could yeah well you know how i could go on with this sort of thing so anyway Uh, yeah um there is something that really 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 upset you and since you told me about it, I've heard from other people too, and I've actually seen it myself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Because there's a, a tangential story, which at the end of this, I will brief, briefly bring up on an article by Jen Margulis on a, on a couple um, that was in the Epoch Times, but I will bring that up.
1: No, yeah, I think, I think it's amazing. I, I texted Stu yesterday. Um, I had woken up. Um, And I watched the video of Saisha Mercado um, having her baby, 10-day-old, newborn baby, taken from her arms. Um, Her and her husband were very calm. Um, They were were trying to reason with these people. She even asked if she could get in the car and sit next to her baby. She said, I'm not a danger to my baby. Where is the baby going to get milk from? Um, And as she walked away, (sighs) her cries, I recognize those cries. Those wails um, are sounds that came from me when I lost my daughter. And it touched me at a very deep level. And you and I, joke around or not joke around, but, you know, we use this term baby jail. Um, you know, people who have listened to our podcast have heard us refer to it before because we've had personal experience of counseling our clients. You know, you were just talking about like, we have to speak out. You can't, you know, you can't let this tyranny, tyranny, um, control us. But, you know, you and I have both, uh, told people like, don't do this or do that because you don't want them to call CPS on you. Um, you know, just trying to avoid that happening. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately it can't always be avoided. And so this woman, Saisha Mercado, I'm just going to tell you guys a brief, um, description of, of the background story. Um, her son, six months ago, and Ra was um, taken from them at the hospital. And what happened was she was pregnant and uh, her milk was diminishing because of her pregnancy. She was a, she's a vegan mom and um, she was trying to get her baby, Ra, um, to be able to um, wean because- This is her older baby. Her older baby, right. um, and um, so she had reached out to her pediatrician and was concerned about the fact that that he wasn't taking other foods, um, and what should she do? And so she actually talked to multiple doctors. She had a um, telehealth appointment. She was recommended to go see a lactation consultant, which she did, and took some of the recommendations to maybe do an SNS with supplemental feeding while nursing her. He was a year old, um, to help with him not being willing to take a bottle, not not really taking very many solids. She was just, you know, she was a concerned mom. So this telehealth doctor recommended that she go to the hospital, and um, in Florida, and. Um, that maybe the baby had a virus, which I don't totally understand, but she thought she could go and get additional fluids for the baby. So she went to the hospital asking for support. And what they ended up doing was um, profiling her and her husband. They're both black um, and he's got dreads and they're vegan and they don't necessarily do things according to traditional medicine. And um, they made up that she had um, refused a B12 shot, which if you do any research about B12, um, it's something that can affect vegans. um, And I'm sure that that's why they utilized that as a tool or or a weapon, so to speak, um, because they didn't necessarily support that she was uh, a vegan, maybe extended breastfeeding, any of that. Question, Um, question,
0: question. Questions. Yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: explain the, explain the, uh, the B12 vegan connection thing for people like me who don't really know what that connection is.
1: Well, as a midwife, when you have a vegan client, one of the things that can happen is a B12 deficiency so you can get a particular kind of anemia that's different than anemia that's related to iron. Right. Um, so I, I looked up a little bit before we got on the on the phone. Um, and B12 is essential to building red blood cells and DNA, as well as, um, regulating your nervous system. So anemia can make you tired and weak, um, can cause some neurological problems. Most of the things that I saw was, um, kind of, uh, lethargy and shaking. Yeah.
0: So they were going to give the mom a B12 shot or the one-year-old a B12 shot?
1: They their allegations are that she declined the B12 supplementation for her baby, but she was already giving it at home. So they wanted to give an injection. And she said that that conversation never happened.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. And, and, but and even I,
1: if it did, right. is this a reason to take a healthy, no, devoted mom and dad away from their one-year-old child?
0: No, of course B12 not. Shot. But did, my, you know, my medical side of me wants to ask a question. Did they, did they run a CBC on the baby? Was the baby anemic? Why would they even do that? Unless you said, as you said, they knew that sort of it was a way of trapping them into getting them to say, to refuse something. And then that gave them a, a, a foot in the door to do this dastardly stuff that went on next.
1: Yeah. So they wanted to go and get a second opinion and they wouldn't let them leave. And they ended up taking their baby. And that's been six months ago. So she was pregnant at the time. They've been fighting this. Um, there was family that was willing to take, you know, the baby for a while until they got this all sorted out. They put them in, they put Amon ra in a, um, a, a family. They placed him in another family, didn't let him go to his, you know, family that was willing to take him. And then she delivered her baby and a couple of days ago, they came and took the baby on no grounds whatsoever, besides what happened at the hospital six months prior. Um, And this is not an isolated story. This happens all the time. There's a term called medical kidnapping, um, where CPS or um, the hospital or one doctor does not necessarily agree with, how the parents are making decisions around medicine, and you know, you and I have talked about this many times when it comes to newborn babies going into um, into the NICU, and um, you know, if we don't necessarily have all of the same philosophies about care, um, that can be deemed as neglect, and neglect is a very broad term. Um, You know, when we think about someone being taken by CPS from their parents, you know, you would think about someone being physically abused, someone being sexually abused. When you think about neglect, you think about a baby that is, you know, not being cared for, not being taken to the doctor, not being fed. Um, And when you look at the images of this family That is not what we're looking at. So the fact that someone can make a decision based on a medical perspective, again, people who have listened to the podcast for a while have heard me say this before, Western medicine is only one way of taking care of our health. You know, one of the things that you pointed to earlier in regards to the vaccine conversation is if you had cancer, no one could force you to take chemotherapy. That is a decision that you get to make about your own health. And, um, the fact that there's this overarching, uh, perspective that Western medicine, allopathic medicine is the only way. And if you don't agree with that, um, then you are being neglectful is very, very dangerous. And, um, and I think the reason why I am so upset by this is because I see it happening. I see My family's. I had a family one time. uh, She had a VBAC at St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, and her um, son went into the NICU. I think it was like, you know, some like monitoring respiratory breathing after the baby was born. And um, she didn't want to bathe the baby. She wanted to wait until they got home to bathe the baby. And they had an older older child. They were staying at a hotel across the way so that she could go to the NICU every day because they lived a little far from the hospital. Her husband was with her older child. And so she was in the NICU by herself most of the time so that she could hold and breastfeed the baby as much as possible. They totally profiled her. They, they thought she was a single mom. They thought that she was being... Um, neglectful by not agreeing to bathe the baby. They went home, they finally got home and CPS showed up at their door, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And this is one of my first experiences. of like, no, it's true. Like if you don't do what they're asking you to do, they're gonna send CPS to your door. And if you are a minority, you're more likely to have them take your baby from you oh, and you, even um, if you're
0: even if you're not a minority but if you have dreads or you're tattooed um or your peers vegan, your home peers, birth piercings um they're going to automatically profile you that's just uh, yeah who are these yeah. people by the way and and who i mean how did we, again how did we as citizens ever surrender the authority to these tyrannical little napoleons This the physician who, I mean, CPS has to have, somebody has to file a report. So either a nurse or a physician at the hospital had to take it upon themselves to file a report on this couple that you're talking about.
1: Right, mandated, Um, we're mandated reporters. So if we think that there's abuse, we are required to do so. So then what comes into play is the bias, right? So your biases are going to determine whether or not you think that this baby is being neglected. So if you don't believe in home birth, you, you think that people who don't do vaccines are being neglectful. You think someone who's vegan is being neglectful. You think someone who doesn't adhere to you know, giving formula to their baby right away is neglectful, then you're going to report it. But what happens beyond that? What happens beyond the reporting is is where we need to have some balance and checks you know
0: i mean mean, we have a system in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty except in certain things like this and we used to have a thing on campus where if 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 i think it was during the obama administration or something where if you were if if a guy was accused of a, a sexual assault he was immediately guilty and suspended and and didn't have a chance to have a hearing and And eventually that got, I think that got thrown out. And, but nonetheless, there's no due process. And there's, and, and when you have a baby, you don't have time for the way the court system works or something like that. There should be, before anyone can take your baby away, there should be an emergency sort of meeting or something where both sides can present their information as opposed to automatically erring on the side of, bureaucrats. I mean, it's infuri- it's, it's yeah. beyond infuriating. As I said, it's tragically sad. and I can imagine how much you must have cried yesterday when you saw this, knowing your story and knowing you. Um, and watching this sort of thing go on and me being involved in some cases myself as, as being an expert trying to help people get out of these situations. You know, we had one here in LA. Um, where they somehow tested the cord blood on a baby from a couple that was trying to have a home breech birth, therefore profiled, I'm assuming. We ended up yeah. transferring them because they got stalled at like seven or eight centimeters and she ended up having a C-section and everything was fine. Um, but they ran a toxicology screen uh, without telling them on the cord blood, supposedly, and got back a positive test And yet they ran the test on the parents and got negative tests and they would not release the testing for months and the baby was taken away fortunately they allowed the baby to go to the woman's mother but the whole thing was based on a false test and eventually they ended up admitting that they that, that the whole thing had been a mistake but it took months and months and thousands of legal dollars for them to do it and i'm hoping and thinking that they're planning to go after them but again. You don't see this in the media, you don't see anybody's, nobody's going to lose their job, nobody, and there's no consequence to the people that are being tyrannical. And there has to be, we have to make them, we have to have some way of inflicting pain upon them so that they think twice before they do something. Um, Whether, you know, there has to be constant, you know, I'm not expressing this well, but there has to be consequences. To their actions. You know, and we'll talk in when we're done with this one, we'll I'll tell you about the other couple. Both of these, by the way, took place in Florida, which is interesting. interesting which is interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Um I'm wondering so if the, i do I'm wondering wanted, if the governor I, knows about them, because I would think that that, you know, some people may hate Governor DeSantis, other people love Governor DeSantis, but Governor DeSantis, I think, has a sense of right and wrong. And I cannot believe that if he knows about this, that he would not. Get something going so hopefully that people, now that it's in the press it will get there i don't know
1: well i hope you'll write to him so here are a couple of okay, things that I you will. can i yeah. will when we're done you know i we'll don't wait. like to t- to um to tell these stories without giving people some sort of action that they can take first of all i really 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 implore every single one of you to watch the video and to listen to her crying it's really hard it's really difficult, but it's so important because we need to understand what happens when you are tearing a woman away from her child and a child away from her mom. You talk about long-term effects um, and this is, it's important. It's really important to listen. Um, where where so do we find
0: it? Let's, oh, you, yeah, go ahead.
1: Hashtag. Bring Ra, R A, home. If you, if you put in that hashtag, you'll be able to find it. Um, if you put in Saisha's name, um, she happens to be a finalist in American Idol. So she ha- already had some, you know, notoriety to a certain extent. So uh, the news is definitely following this story, which is great. Um, Saisha's name is S Y E S H A. And if you go to Instagram and you type in Saisha, you will get on her Instagram and in her link tree, they have all kinds of things that you can do. um, Donate money to their, um, to their campaign. Uh, What do you call it, defending themselves?
0: What's yeah, they're legal. They're legal
1: funds. Legal, thank you. Um, yeah, so they have decided to not just, you know, a lot of times when it comes to CPS, um, you get a plan and you can adhere to the plan which most people will do just so they can get their, their children back. And um, they have done everything that they've asked them to do, but they're also taking it to trial because they want this to not happen to other families. So you can support them in that way, but there's a lot of information. Um, there are um, contact information for the local representatives that you can write to in Florida um, specifically having to do with uh, child protective services. And um, it seems like this is something that happens in that area, that county quite frequently. So if this is something that touches your heart and you're inspired, those are some ways that you can you can help. And I did think it was interesting because when I reached out to you about this, you said, oh, is it, is it the um, article? And I was like, I opened it up and I was, it's a totally separate um separate story, which you, it seems like you were interviewed for talking about this, but um, that just proved to me that it's happening all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if one gets reported, that means there's probably 150 that didn't get reported, right. In the news, in the news. Right. 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 Because most people, uh, most people aren't famous. Most people like Saisha, uh, they they don't, they, they aren't well-known and they don't have the resources. And as you said, they profile people and they're picking on people who don't have the resources. They, you know, they're not gonna go after somebody who's got a lot of money or stuff or a lot of publicity because these people don't want publicity. By the way, I'm all for, I'm all for public shaming. And I think whoever the, the people were that came and took the baby from the car, we should know their names. We should know their names. Why shouldn't we know their names? They're public figures, all right? They're, we pay their salary. We should know their names. You know, we should know the name of the person who shot Ashley Babbitt. Totally separate thing. But we should know the people. We, we know who shot, uh, you know, uh, uh, or, um, Michael Brown. We know who, who, who killed um, George Floyd. We know the names of those officers. How come we don't get to know the names of these officers? Yeah. All right? If it was the other way around, the TikTok bandits would be all over it. You know, if it was something that they that they were against, they'd be they'd be all over them like poor Nathan.
1: TikTok bandits. So tell um, tell us the, that story, because I thought that was interesting. It has to do with breach. And we know we have a lot of people who um, follow our podcast that that support vaginal breach delivery. So,
0: well, anybody that attends breach delivery knows that, you know, if you if, when you have a baby that's a he- head first baby and especially if it's a primip, and they push for a long time, what happens to their head?
1: hematomas,
0: or bruising, Capets. or caput. bruising, or yeah. even sometimes if it's a long labor or something, or they've had a lot of vaginal, they could even have some skin that's denuded on the top of their s- scalp. You've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Raw spot on the- Okay. So when a baby's breech, the same thing happens, except it's the butt. Yeah. So we often see like one butt cheek, the presenting, one of the presenting butt cheeks will be, there'll be a circular black and blue mark. And if one of the labia or testicles happens to be presenting as well, they can be really darn bruised up yeah, bruised and, swollen. Som- yeah. and sometimes the skin can be denuded off of them because either they've been pounded on if you if you have an edematous surface and you keep pounding on it eventually you you get a uh, fluid underneath it and then the the top skin denudes it off if anybody's ever had a blister on their toe or their foot knows what i'm talking about so sometimes these babies are born with a, a blister on the butt or a blister on their butt cheek or on their labia um, So this couple had a home breach birth. Um, There were some a little bit of shenanigans. Apparently, they had it at a birth center, and maybe they weren't supposed to have it at a birth center. And after about a couple of hours, apparently the midwives thought the baby was fine, but the family wasn't quite comfortable, and so they wanted to take the baby to go get checked out. We've already talked about that slippery slope right there, okay?
1: Yeah. When you have a
0: home-birth, when you have a home breach birth, you're, you're already going to be profiled. These were, these were again, uh, people of color. They were, um, um, they, they took the baby in because they wanted to watch the respirations. Doctor noticed the bruising on the butt, and then Child Protective Service was called immediately because they claimed that the father had been sexually abusing the baby. A couple baby was hours right. old. Yeah, baby's a couple hours old, right. Yeah. So obviously, clearly the, the physician there knew nothing about breach birth and nothing ab- about anything and didn't bother to ask anybody. They immediately, because you said, see something, say something. So they say something. Child protective services doesn't know anything except how to be, you know, they look at are, there are some nice people that work for child protective services. They're just, but they're, they're stuck in, in often in a shitty job. So I don't want to paint them all with a broad bush, but some of them are little Napoleons. And they and they, this is their this is their chance at being uh, on top, so they act that way. Nonetheless, I don't know the details, but they took the baby away. And because the baby had a bruised butt. And
1: and, and because the hospital is not informed because they don't see breach bursts enough and didn't know that this is normal, this is the normal part of a vaginal breach delivery and I think that that is also important to note you know they had to
0: do it on the sly um, because no one would do it in the hospital the breach delivery so they had to get a midwife and you know I don't know the details about whether it's legal for midwives or not legal for midwives or whether it was just specifically this birth center shouldn't have allowed breach because maybe they're a member of the AABC and they're not supposed to be doing breach there I don't know but that's a yeah. that's a tangential, silly, non sequitur part of the story. The story yeah. is is that they didn't know anything, and they and it took them a battle to get. To they have to battle to get their baby back, for a normal, breach. They're heroic. She's a heroic woman. She had a breach home birth, and they this ends up happening. So Jen Margulis heard about this story. She wrote about it. Um, I was only quoted briefly about breach birth, but. But I actually had talked to Jen a lot more. It was a, very, it was a much shorter story than she had originally planned to write, because I had sent her pictures of babies' butts that I have that show this bruising. because I have lots <laughs> I have lots of them on my phone. I'm sure Tim Cook gets a thrill out of looking at my pictures. Um, <laughs> if people don't know who Tim Cook is, he's the head of Apple. so uh, that, that was a, uh, a, t- a tyranny spying joke. Um, for, for the, <laughs> anyway, nonetheless, I mean, cause nothing's private anymore. Yeah. I mean, my phone is sitting right here on the counter and, and everything we're talking about is being picked up by the NSA. So, um, you know, at some point I, I, I'm, I'm hanging out here, at, as I said, at, at Kimberly's place, Kimberly and James's place. And one of the caretakers, when we were sitting outside talking the first evening that I was here, took his phone and put it inside the house. He didn't want it anywhere near him while he's talking. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And when you're off call, you can do those kinds of things too. You can put your phone away.
0: Yeah. um, Am I off call?
1: Yeah. You're off call.
0: Really? (laughs) Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem that way. So anyway, yeah. So, so this is medical kidnapping and medical tyranny. And, um, it sort of fits with the, with the, the times we're living in. Yeah. I want,
1: I want to mention one more thing um, yes, about that movie that I was mentioning, The Vax 2. So part of the story, you know, they go through um, the Gardasil vaccine and how these young teenagers are paralyzed because of, of this vaccine, Um, the, the injuries besides, you know, the one that we're hearing about all the time about kids now, you know, being fine and then being on the spectrum, but then also the babies that died, the babies that got vaccinated and passed away. And, um, all of them talked about being investigated by child protective services after their babies had died. And one of the women said, you know, she was already emotional telling her story. And she was like, and then having to deal with them thinking that I killed my baby on top of losing her baby, having to deal with the investigation of having to defend yourself that maybe they think you killed your baby, you know, this is, this is. It's, an sick. Important, it's sick,
0: but uh, let's just say, call it what it is. is it's it, just, is a, is
1: a we, we have to really let those kinds of things sink in. That's why I ask you guys to watch the video and really listen, because, you know, we have so many sound bites. We have so much information coming in. We're so desensitized. Our, our movies are violent. Our, you know, our video games are violent. Our children are on screens all day. No one's connected and we have to really think about what is happening what is happening how 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 does this affect our humanity that's oh, that,
0: yeah that is so i was that's the word i'm sitting here thinking that i'm going to talk about as soon as you're done with your thing is that the humanity is missing i mean family members are yelling at other family members and and, uh, and you know coworkers are yelling at coworkers and and people are chastising each other on the hiking trail because you aren't wearing a mask or you're wearing a mask or I mean we just you know it, it's 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 so much easier to be nice to people. We've lived all these centuries without all this tyranny in this, in this country where people got along and some people did certain things a certain way and other people did certain things and we accepted the fact that that's their choice and they suffered the consequences of it some people, we're successful with those weird choices, and some people failed, and that's how we do, that's how we progress as a society, is some people succeed. But to be so judgmental uh, on everything, and now it's now it's everything, now it's every life choice you make. Why did you buy that TV? I could have gotten you a different TV for a cheaper price. I mean, why are you saying something like that to make yourself feel more powerful or to make that person feel smaller? I don't think that there's a filter that I think the filters are broken in people, or just the you're, like you said, the lessons of a man. Because we're not growing up in a family where people are talking to each other, and you have multi-generational um, groupings together, where little kids can learn from their grandparents, and and they go out and they and they walk in nature, and they they work in the garden, and they talk at dinner, and they sit around the dinner table, and they they. So yeah, some maybe there may be bigotries and things that are passed down that way. That's absolutely true. But it it, it gave people a sense of what being human is like, and, and hearing about other things as opposed to, like you said, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling all day long, scrolling, getting getting flashes and sound bites of something, never really reading deeper into it. You know what I call what I call science by press release is really we, we have life by press release now. It really is that way. People will get something from, you know, I'm watching your story, Bliss. And if I don't put my thumb down fast enough, it goes, and then I can never see it again. So I only caught the first sentence of what you had to say. And it's frustrating as opposed to, you know, calling up Bliss and having a conversation with Bliss. And then understanding, like, we talk about it every time on our podcast, how you and I come from different philosophies on a lot of things, but yet we... I found a way to co, you know, to, like the back of your old van it said that coexisting on the back of your old van.
1: I love I just, that you remember that. Oh sure,
0: I remember that. Um mm-hmm. yeah, we we find a way to 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 not be so judgmental of each other. And and you know, I'm I if you got vaccinated and I didn't get vaccinated, would I chastise you, would you chastise me? No. No. But there are people in my family and I'm, you know, everybody that I've been talking to in Texas, my, my uh, assistant, Emily, especially, is going to be visiting family in California. And some of the family won't come and visit her. And she has a 11 month old baby who's adorable. Came to lunch yeah. with us yesterday.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and, and crawling in the dirt and crawling on the grass. And, you know, that's what she said to me. She said to me at lunch yesterday, she said, you know, that's one thing I like about Texas. She said, you can put your babies on the ground, and they crawl around and no other parent is is shaming you or judging you because your baby is crawling around or or grabbing the, the uh, someone else's chair and they just love it they love it whereas in in LA you might see somebody if you put your kid on the ground people would be appalled you know they, <laughs> they get out their squirt bottle of Purell and immediately um, be washing the baby down that sort of thing it's just it, it, yeah it, it, there's so many things that we we should all be much more accepting of the fact we're we're a multicultural, multi-racial, uh, multi-generational country, and we do things differently. And we've gotten along to this point. Why do we have to destroy it all for some theoretical utopia that's really a dystopia because it will never. It, it's if people are students of history, it just keeps repeating itself. What's happening now in America and in and in all of sort of the Anglo countries and in um, uh, Australia and in Canada, you're seeing these tyrannical things happening. And these have all happened before, maybe not with such massive things because of technology, now it's worldwide, but, and they've all ended badly. And this is gonna end badly too, unless we start being more human.
1: Well, that's why we talk about um, kindness and love more. Um, because those are the things that, you know, ultimately when you come back to it, that's what it's about is loving the people that are right in front of you. Um, taking action where you can doing the right thing, um, and being true to yourself, being true to being true to what your, soul and your heart tells you is right for you a friend of mine and i talked a lot about the vaccines in regards to a spiritual perspective of like you know we have to know what the truth is for us and it's not for anyone else to figure out it's for us to figure out and so that that to me feels really important is to find your place where you can really listen to your own truth and i love that you know you give people the space to be able to really speak out um, because we need community, um, you know, safety in numbers. So to speak, we need community in regards to that, to not feel like, you know, um, there's no one else who can really understand our perspective. And I think that that's what a lot of people are appreciating about our podcast at this time is that, you know, they can hear their own thoughts and what's true to their heart being spoken by someone else. That, so. was like,
0: that was how I felt when I was at the Calvary Chapel, when there were 650 people inside. Yeah, 500 people had to be turned away because of the fire marshals. So, yeah. but it was like-minded people. It was a sense of community. It was a sense of, of, there are a lot more of us out there than there are people who want to control us. But we're, you know, we've been cowed into, oh, there are, there are, but we've been cowed into believing that, that, that we're, we're the outsiders and that we, uh, won't, we're afraid to speak out because there's big consequences to speaking out. But I'm saying that we need people, the leaders that we're waiting for are us and not, we shouldn't be waiting for somebody else. And we need to resist hashtag resist. And, you know, I was just thinking the other day, because I'm in Texas, somebody I know has a partner in the military. The military is being told that they're going to have to be vaccinated. And it's really interesting um, because somebody mentioned the 10th Amendment, and I didn't really know what the 10th Amendment was. But the 10th Amendment is the delineation of powers of the federal government. And it specifically states what the powers of the federal government are. And then everything that's not delineated specifically there is left to the states. And the federal government Mm -hmm. making mandates, like the military needs to be a medical mandate, that's not in the Constitution. All right, Mm -hmm. They have no right to tell anybody. The federal government does. Your local government, maybe. But when, when we're seeing these mandates come down from unelected bureaucrats at the CDC, how many people voted for Rochelle Walensky or or, uh, or Fauci? How many votes did they get? Did you vote for them? No. No, Fauci's been in office for 40 years. You know how many votes he's had? Zero, so, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, he's deciding policy in violation. I mean, and then, and then the president and other people are following those guidelines in violation of the 10th Amendment. That's not the power. They don't have the power to do these things. I mean, the Supreme Court just recently told the Biden administration that the the moratorium on people not paying their rent had to end on July 31st. Biden says he understands that's okay. Biden says he understands that the Supreme Court said that, but they're going to do it anyway to buy some time. So they've extended the the moratorium, so people still don't have to pay rent. These poor landlords who own these smaller apartment buildings and stuff like that, they have mortgages to pay. And they haven't been getting rent now for six, eight months. I don't even know how long it's been. And it was supposed to end on July 34, according to the Supreme Court. Now, we have a separation of powers thing in our Constitution. This executive branch is ignoring that. They don't have the right to ignore that. But what's also ironic, not ironic, it's pretty predictable, is that, that the, the executive branch is not telling these renters, that they don't have to pay their Netflix bill or their water and power bill, only their rent to their small little middle-class landlord is the one, these big corporations are protected. We ought to be outraged by all this stuff and we ought to stand up and we have to stand up now and it's gonna cost us. And if you're a teacher and you you believe that this is what what they're teaching is wrong or being vaccinated is wrong, you're gonna have to quit. But I would tell you, by the way, I wouldn't quit because then you don't get benefits. So you're going to have to let them fire you. Same thing in the hospital workers. If hospital workers would get together and just go on strike, the hospital administration would back down on their vaccine mandate in a day. They would. They'd have to. So let's get together. Let's let's form a sense of community again. Let's let's honor each other's differences. Like we used to. Okay. So, you know, hashtag resist, hashtag, uh, bring raw home. Uh, go, to <laughs> saisha, go to saisha go to hashtag love more for sure. Yeah. And then Saisha S Y E S H a, put her name on her Instagram. You'll find her thing. Go to her link tree and yeah. help her out. Um, go to Epoch bring times, their family,
1: bring their family back together. Where go they to should Epoch
0: be. times and, um, on the health section of epoch times scroll down to last week or now it'll be a couple weeks you'll find the story by jen Margulis on the couple with the breech baby and child protective services you can make comments there you could you know i'm sure there are places to reach out for them too these people it, it's really hard to fight city hall we all know that that's why we all keep our head down because we don't want to fight them because it's it, it can drain your your life savings to, to do that Um, Some people who've lost their businesses or or, or whatever have drained their life savings. Um, And they've been shut down for all the wrong reasons as we've talked about. And again, I would really strongly recommend people listen to what Zach Bush has to say. Uh, You can find him, I'm sure, just search him on the internet. But the Mark Rose podcast from April um, is a great podcast. It's long. Uh, It's like two hours long. It's attention span of most people isn't that long. But when you're driving eight hours on the road, it's a pretty good thing to listen to as is again um, um audible I've been procrastinating I read the first 6 books of Outlander uh long time ago years ago and then the 7th book has been sitting on my nightstand for like 2 years and so finally I bought it on audible and I'm I'm reading it now as I drive and it's and I'm it's great I think it's the final book so I can't wait to figure out how she's going to solve all the problems that are going on cuz Boy, these people just keep getting into problems. You think we have problems? <laughs> they had a lot of problems back in 17 whatever.
1: <laughs> um, I am enjoying uh Brandy Carlisle's uh autobiography. I don't yes. know if you know Brandy Carlisle.
0: She's a singer, right?
1: She's a very, very amazing singer. And um, it's wonderful because she reads the biography and then she sings her songs because they're all really about how she wrote her songs, um, like what parts of her life influenced her songwriting. And so I am loving it. I'm loving it. So yeah, Audible is great.
0: Yeah, and it takes you away from all the other, I mean, again, podcasts are fine because we need to know stuff, but it also when you're on the road, when you, you need to disconnect, everyone needs to disconnect every day. I would tell you, there's two other things that were suggested in one of the podcasts I listened to. One is that um, you turn off your media at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Let's turn it off. All right. Turn it back on in the morning if you want to, but don't be staring things at night. You, you'll sleep better if you don't have those sorts of things buzzing around in your head. And the other thing that she said that we can do to help disrupt this possible tyranny of the, of the financial system coming is, and I know this won't catch on very soon, but we have something called Cash Friday. And on every, uh, you, you know, use your Apple Pay, use your credit cards, whenever you want, but on Fridays, only pay with cash. Okay. See see if that, you know, that will that will sort of keep them screwed up a little bit. So okay. I'm going to do that. I'm so do we'll that. make
1: sure and put a lot of these links, uh, Emily, make sure we get these links. Yeah, in, Emily. Uh, in the show notes. And it was great to catch up with you, Stu. I love you. I'm off to see another apartment.
0: I hope you get one. I, I sent you a little tip, uh, but I don't know if that's was helpful at all. But but um okay. So again, okay. everybody, you all all be well. Take some moments to, to disconnect a little bit with the shit and and reconnect with the love.
1: Okay, bye. Bye-bye.